Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Motherhood, as we all know, is the great connector. And that's what this episode is all about. Hi, everyone. I'm Denise Hanitka, and this is On a Mother Level. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. I am so glad you're here and that you're joining our mom community because it's all about finding ways that we can relate, all the different ways and experiences and troubles and triumphs that we have as we try to navigate parenthood. And so I have three guests today helping weigh in on parenting, particularly during this pandemic. My guests are the Anchor Moms. They are the Anchor Moms because they are three women in broadcasting, and they are at an ABC station out in Asheville, North Carolina. And so I want to introduce you to Karen. Karen first has three kids, and she is the investigative reporter at the station, Katie has a daughter, and she is a morning anchor at the station, and Ingrid is pregnant with her third child, and she is a meteorologist for the station. They were all friends at the station working together, but at some point, they discovered they were all pregnant at the same time, and so later that year, three babies were born, and so was a podcast, and they called it Anchor Moms, a little spin on the Ron Burgundy Anchorman, which I think is very clever. You are going to love all three of these ladies. They have different perspectives on parenting and making it through, but at the end of the day, they have incredible chemistry, and you're going to hear that, especially as this podcast gets going, and I get my butt out of the way, and they just take it away. And we all share the same fantasy of one day logging off to social media and never getting on again. And apparently we all have a secret obsession with the Ilaria Baldwin story. Are you following the Ilaria Baldwin story? If not, I want you to pause and just Google it real quick. Because there's new developments this week. Out of nowhere, Ilaria and her husband Alec Baldwin have surfaced with a sixth child only six months after having their fifth child. So now there is some drama on social media, if you're following, that she may have used a surrogate, which moms out there are saying, if you used a surrogate, great. Like, let's talk about that. But in um, typical Ilaria Baldwin fashion, you know, it's not sometimes that easy to tell the truth about who you are and what you're doing. But anywho, it's harmless gossip, and so we dive into some harmless gossip at the end of the podcast. And it's really fun, and I hope you really enjoy meeting the Anchor Moms. Also, 
If you like this episode, I hope you will check out the Anchor Moms podcast because this week they had me on as a guest in our little podcast collaboration swap situation. So I am episode 75. And so if you haven't heard the backstory of how I started my podcast, why I talk so much about postpartum depression, and how I got to the Quad Cities, that's all in episode 75 of Anchor Moms. And you can find that podcast probably on the same app that you're using to listen to On a Mother Level. So welcome. I'm glad you're here for episode 70 of On a Mother Level. Please follow me on Instagram. It's at On a Mother Level or on my personal page, both preferably at Denise WQAD. So I start by talking to the anchor moms about the one thing that we 100% have in common with work, and that is working in a newsroom that has changed considerably in the last year. We're coming up on a year since this pandemic started. So I talked to them about being in a newsroom or not being in a newsroom that has a different energy right now. So that's where we'll start. It's really such a part of broadcasting, I think, and being in the news business that you have this newsroom camaraderie. And right now, it just it does not exist. And it's such a huge bummer. What is your newsroom like these days? It's um, it's very weird and it's very strange. Um, I would say there are a couple. I, I anchor the morning show, so obviously my co-anchor and I are here in the building. There are a handful of producers, two producers in the building, three producers in the building in the morning, and then people start to trickle trickle in a little bit more. I would say like around 9 a.m. But compared to what it used to be like, like the hustle and bustle of people talking over each other and the phone ringing and the morning meeting and the afternoon meeting. It's just totally not the same. And of course, the three of us used to all work the morning show together. And that's sort of how our podcast kind of came about is that we would literally stand in the middle of the newsroom and we'd have we had we were all pregnant together. So we complain about being pregnant. And then we talk about giving birth and the babies and the husbands. And now I don't know, we've resorted to texting each other, seeing each other occasionally. <laughs> I mean, really, right? Guys? Skype. Zoom. Skype. Yeah. Well, you guys just got together this past weekend and you guys had, you know, you did the outdoor thing and you're all sitting on someone's porch. So how much has your camaraderie together helped get you through this pandemic right now? Karen, I'll give that one to you. So we don't do, get to do that often because of, of course, childcare and work schedules and yada, yada, yada. But when we have those days that we know and we have to plan it far in advance that we know we get to see each other in person, even if it's outside and freezing and raining, it's like Christmas morning. Like all, all three of us are like, yes, we get to have two hours together with our friends without our children. It's the best day ever. It's, it's unbelievable how that tiny thing that we used to write takes so for granted. I mean, before COVID, you know, we would do that all the time and go see friends and run into people at breweries. And it was just a whole thing. And now, especially for me, you know, I and, and Ingrid as well is, are working from home. I really feel that isolation. I really feel it. And so anytime I can socialize with people in person, it's the greatest thing. And it feels like you're going on this wonderful vacation, even though you're <laughs> a mile from your house and it's freezing outside and you're bundled up. But it's like, I don't care. I'll wear gloves and a hat and a huge coat and sit outside shivering just to get to talk to other people in real yeah, life. <laughs> our standards have gone way down. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Ingrid, tell me about, were you guys all friends 
prior to getting pregnant or was it pregnancy that kind of sealed the deal? Definitely pregnancy sealed the deal. I mean, we all were friends. I mean, I've known Katie for probably 10 years now, um, just because we've been working at the same station um, a few years and then she left and then came back. And then Karen was the new addition to the trio. Uh, and she came in and was already a mom. And then just it was kind of serendipitous. We all got pregnant at the same time, not planned. And it was so wonderful to have someone else there who's literally waking up when you wake up, which is 2 a.m., <laughs> working the same schedule as you. You know, we're dealing with um, other children and husbands and we just naturally created this bond. Motherhood is one of those things. It's kind of like an equalizer, right? Like if you're a mom and I'm a mom, like we have something to talk about. Like there will be something to talk about at all times. And that plus the fact that our personalities just kind of gel together. I don't know. It's just been an, like a, a, a blessing to have found each other. Yeah. So what was the order? How did you guys realize that you were all three pregnant at the same time? And then what did your boss say when he's like, um, okay, so we're going to have three people on leave at the same time. That's great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Katie was first. I was first. And then I remember very, we were like, we were all taking a spin class. Um, and I remember Ingrid, like you revealed that you were pregnant. And then like, we were in this like spin class and we were all spinning together. And Karen, Karen, it took you a minute because you had been trying. And I remember you saying mm -hmm. like, oh, like, uh, you know, it's it's hard when two, you're trying to get pregnant and your two friends are pregnant. I remember being in the spin class. I'm sure the people in there thought we were crazy. You were like tearing <laughs> up a little bit. And then honestly, I think, wait, you guys, didn't you give birth like only like three weeks apart? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Karen and Ingrid. Yeah. So it was all in 2018, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So Katie was first and then Ingrid yeah. came next. And then I, I was just, oh, Ingrid and I were, I think scheduled about a month apart, but I always yeah. have my babies early because C-sections and Ingrid's are always late. So yeah. And I do remember Denise, to your point being like, oh shoot, I'm the third one to have to go tell my boss, like another like <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Hi. So I know Katie's going to have maternity leave and Ingrid is too, but I kind of am as well. So sorry. Yeah. Um, but he yeah, was, it was cool. About it. Oh, he was. Yeah. We great. fortunately He's have great. a very, very supportive boss. Um, and it was his idea to do the podcast. So, you know, when like the, oh, cool. the three pregnant women are, are chatting together in the newsroom, you'd think like the men around are like, oh, can they just stop? Like, can you go into another room? And instead he's like, hey, let's <laughs> turn this into a podcast. This is like some good stuff. Did you like that idea about. right off the bat or did that have to grow on you? Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. Yeah. I mean, it was very, I mean, you know this, Denise, because obviously you have a podcast as well. We were like, wait, how do you start a podcast? Like, what goes <laughs> into it? What do you have to do? Like, how do we, how do we do it? And of mm -hmm. course, there are like some folks here in the newsroom who are still like, what's a podcast? So, you know, you have to like get over some of those humps. So it took us, I think it took us like two or three months really to like get off the ground once we had the idea or once Brian had the idea, right? Yeah, I think for for me and I think for all three of us, there was that moment of like, okay, we're used to talking on TV, but that's a pretty, you know, a lot of times it's scripted. We kind of know how to do that. We maybe use a different voice a little bit. We, we've been doing that side of things for a long time. This seems different, right? This is obviously opening yourself up a lot more. You're talking about a lot more personal stuff. And, and our boss made it very clear, like, we don't want like 
the news side of things. We want like the behind the scenes side of things, working mom life. And you can cry, you can laugh, you can do all those things that you're not really supposed to do on TV. So that was an interesting dynamic, I think, at first of how to kind of still be your professional um, journalistic self, but also show that other side as well. And we how do you handle, it. yeah, how do you handle we giving your opinions it. on things? Because some things mom-related are controversial. Many things mom-related are controversial. How do you walk that line? Very carefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's, you know, I mean, to be completely honest, I, I, I think that we we have to still be careful. And and I think it's not just careful because of our job, but also it's 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 more respectful to everyone who's listening, right? So there might be things that you say just to your best friend behind a closed door. I'm not saying I wouldn't say that in front of other people, but maybe I would say it in a different way or mm -hmm. I would present it a little bit differently. And I think that all three of us have oftentimes different opinions on things. And I, I think it's more of a, of a thought out response rather than kind of a knee jerk impulsive reaction to something because, you know, our, our podcast is obviously unscripted, but we do choose the content, right? So we pick stories that we feel are valuable to mothers, working mothers too, and something that maybe we have a personal story about, but it is hard. I mean, it's, it's something that I think that every single episode we're like, should I have said that? Maybe I shouldn't have said it. And usually we just say it anyways. And to be <laughs> honest, we've never, we've never had any backlash from, from listeners. Ooh, knock on wood. <laughs> Do you three always agree on no. everything or no. what? I think that's yeah. why it works sometimes, because if you're offended by what I said, you won't be offended by what Karen said, because Karen will have a different opinion and her opinion might be in line with your opinion. So you feel like, okay, at least I'm represented. Um, I'm represented there. Does that make sense? Like what I yep. think and what mm -hmm. I feel is, is somewhere likely in between the lines of Ingrid, Katie and Karen. Well, we call yeah. each other out too, right? Like if someone says something, you're like, excuse me, do you realize like how that sounded? Or something like that. Like, we're not afraid to be very honest with each other, I feel like. Yeah. And that's a cool dynamic, too. Uh, hopefully, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it is. It's kind of interesting. And it's it's funny because I feel like we know each other very well. But there's still sometimes times in the podcast that something will come up. And I'm like, huh, I wouldn't have thought, you know, Ingrid or Katie would have would have been on that side of the argument. Right. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that's the thing about parenthood, right? There's sometimes that you feel like you're justified to do this, but then at the same time, you're like, oh, but I would never do this, you know? And, and there's always that decision-making and how are you going to handle this situation? So it's kind of an evolving thing, right? Of, and, and even I feel like I've, you know, right, we've all changed as mothers over the years, as our kids have gotten older, we all do those things that we said we'd never do as moms. So yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see to see the progress and to see everything kind of evolve as as we become different moms and also share that together. So when someone wants to try out your podcast, is there like one or two episodes that you say start with this one? This was this was one where we really knocked it out of the park. What stands out to you as like a great episode for you? Oh, good question. This is a hard one. Yeah. 
I just went through um, last year and I and because I thought, you know, so many people are new to podcasting or don't know where to begin. And I pulled I pulled like my top five episodes from the last year. And it's like I knew they were popular. But then when you see the actual numbers, you're going like, oh, wow, those really did yeah. resonate with people. I didn't know if you guys had some standout ones like that. Pa- I mean, this past year has just been so intense, I guess. Yeah. So we've tried to find a balance of telling the serious story, so to speak, and um, mix it with some of our fun and funny anecdotes. Um, (laughs) You know, so we've done an episode um, on racism. We've done an episode on um, infertility, you know, so some kind of heavy topics. But honestly, my favorite episodes are the ones that are just not as thought out because oftentimes you get the, the most authentic response from people right you know what I'm saying like the funniest stories or like the most interesting feedback on each other's comments so I don't know those are my favorite types of episodes are just the ones where we have just straight up articles because a lot of our episodes are interviews with people so we've interviewed people who have been in the news business before um, who maybe have gotten out of the news business um, doing different types of projects now and we've talked to doctors and what else have we who else have we talked to oh we talked to one woman who didn't know she was pregnant until she until had a baby. Which fascinating. Was, which that was episode crazy. was fascinating. Yes. Yeah, she, was, <laughs> she gave birth and then she realized, oh, she was pregnant the whole time. Right. So, yeah, I'm always surprised that the very, very heavy episodes are the ones that do the best because me in my own podcast listening life, I am more likely to click on one that's just mom's crack and wise than on one that's going to take me down a spiral of depression. You know what I right, mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, we, it's funny. I, um, so I will be honest and say that I really like the heavier ones. You know, my role at our news station is an investigative reporter. And I feel like there's a part of me that still, even through the podcast, wants to like get out the truth and like really do these hard hitting yeah. interviews. But I think it was last summer or fall, we did a couple of more lighter, you know, talking about makeup and fashion and skincare and things like that. And those did great, um, which, which, you know, I just didn't really think about um, kind of how many women are really interested in that as well. So I think like Ingrid said, I think it's good to have kind of that combo, right? Some people will want the hard stuff. Some people might be going through something really difficult and and see that episode and think, oh, wow, I need to hear this. This is this is important to me. Or it could just be as as simple as like, I want to just escape from my real life and hear some people talk about um, Botox, you know, and if right. that's right for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just kind of depends on where you are in life and what you're looking for. And I think that's why podcasts like ours and yours as well, Denise, are good because it kind of gives listeners both, right? That you can have that lighter conversation and you can also have something heavier. So Ingrid, congratulations are in order because you are pregnant with your third. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It is just easy riding. I tell you what, you know, pandemic, two toddlers, pregnant, it's life is just... Just easy peasy these days. No, I am I am super excited. We're gonna have another girl in August. Oh, that's fantastic. So Thank how you. has this pregnancy been different for you during this time and compared to the other two? I think anyone who's been pregnant during this pandemic, which a lot of people have now that we're approaching a year, you know, pregnancy is already pretty isolating. No one in your family can understand what you're going through. Your husband doesn't get it. 
you know, your children don't care. They don't even realize you're pregnant. So it's already kind of a hard isolating thing to me. And there's a lot of things that you just have to deal with every single day that you're not going to like bring up to your boss or to your friends, maybe an ailment or you're feeling super emotional or stressed or overtired or something like that. So throw in a pandemic on top of that. And those are things that people are, who are non-pregnant are also feeling, right? You're feeling isolated, um, maybe a little sad sometimes. I, I don't have Katie and Karen there to be like, yeah, we get it, girl. Like, don't worry about it. Like, just keep on trucking along. I mean, there's there's no one around. I'm literally by myself, right? It's been, you know, different. Um, mm-hmm. My husband couldn't go to the first ultrasound. He won't be going to any of them, actually. I've had other kids, so it's not like the end of the world. So, I mean, just like any other woman who's been pregnant during this pandemic, it's just, you know, you kind of roll with the punches. And and I have to, obviously, everyone is being super careful who is in my circle with COVID. But now it's like extra precautions. You know, I don't want to literally even go to the grocery store because what if I got COVID? You're more likely to end up in the hospital when you're pregnant and you get COVID. Yeah. So there's a higher risk for a lot of complications. So there's that yeah. part of it as well. How are you wrapping your head around the third child being outnumbered? Well, Karen pulls it off like, you know, with, <laughs> with ease. With ease. She's super like calm and zen all the time, right, Karen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, never have any breakdown. <laughs> never, never cries or, mm-hmm. yep, none, none of that. I am so excited that this will be kind of like the final piece in my family. Yeah. And this is it. And it's, it's kind of like going to hopefully tie up in a little bow and that chapter of my life is over. And, um, and I think it, I'm just so excited. It's a little girl. I'm so excited because my youngest is a girl too. So they can, they'll be close in age. Like little sis action. Sister, sister action. Yeah. Katie, do you have any pandemic vices right now? Do you feel like, um, are you an eater, a shopper? Um, what's been your vice that's gotten you through this? Like we get an Amazon delivery <laughs> literally every other day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But let me just tell you, I feel like my husband is just as bad. Um, so that makes me feel better. He was not a big Amazon order. Like the account is in my name. So I get like an email every day. And I'm like, what is this? So I, um, but I've, you know, unfortunately I've always been a big shopper, but now that the pandemic has happened, like I basically never want to leave my house. I've gotten so adjusted to the fact that like you can order your like vitamins on Amazon. I order like rivers, like fiber supplements on Amazon. Like we're painting our house. Like you can just call Sherwin Williams and they'll like deliver the paint. I, I wanted, we're going away, going out of town this um, coming weekend. And I wanted to get some special wine. They delivered the wine to my house. I'm like, my vice is like, now I don't ever get at like other than work. (laughs) I never, ever put on clothes. Like I just stay in sweats all day long inside my house. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like this is like my new normal because now that I know you don't really ever have to engage with the outside world. I just like (laughs) today. So that's my vice is just that now I'm totally reliant on at-home delivery services. My husband and I did go out for dinner on Valentine's Day, and I felt like in general, the entire world is dressing down. You know, even on like Valentine's night dinner, I sometimes feel too dressy sometimes, even when you're just wearing normal clothes, because we're just not, we're just not doing that anymore. We've all agreed apparently. I'm yeah, sometimes I look in my closet at all the like TV news dresses and I'm like, huh, will I wear those again? 
Oh, and the high heels. Like, when yes. are you ever going to wear high heels yes. again? I don't know. Like I don't know. Pants, maybe. I even don't wear earrings as much because it gets caught up in the mask. Uh-huh. Right. You know? Yeah. Karen, I'll give this one to you. How do your kids respond to you being on TV? Do they watch you? Do they, they enjoy mom's job? Yeah, I think for my kids, they still, I mean, my oldest is five. She's starting to get it. I feel like yeah. with all of us, our kids are a little bit too young to really understand what's going on. Um, my youngest, and, and I will say this, Katie and Ingrid are on every day. I'm only on occasionally, um, yeah. but when I, these days, but when I am, if I'm filling in or something, uh, my husband will sometimes turn it on for the kids. And the last time my youngest, I got home and she said, mom, I saw you in the movie. I liked the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, wasn't really Good a movie. movie. She, she's two, but um, yeah, it's funny. I think I think they like it. I think they think it's cool. You know, the nice thing about our job is I feel like it's they can see what we're doing, right? And and mm-hmm. for working moms, I think it's hard when you know you're doing this work thing that that kids don't really understand yet, right? You're sending emails, you're on the phone, but like, what's really going on here? So at least for people in TV news, I feel like our kids can see see it in real life and say, okay, that's what mommy does. Like she's telling right. a story. She's on TV. This is what she's doing. So I, I like that part because I feel like it, it, it's something that they can see and very clearly understand what our job is and what we do. Um, it, it has been interesting working from home and my oldest um, is doing virtual kindergarten. So she's home with me all day and, you know, starting to share some of my work things with her. Like she'll see me logging an interview and ask about it. And, you know, for me to say, this is a doctor talking about the medicine that's helping with the virus or kind of starting to introduce her to work things is fun because I feel like it's that first kind of introduction into understanding what, what my career and why I'm passionate about this, why I want to spend time away from my kids to do this job and why it's important to me. So um, absolutely. Yeah. And mama has to afford those Amazon shopping habits. (laughs) Right. Right. We got to keep that wine coming in. Got to work out. Sorry, girl. Tough. So I had a wild experience with my four-year-old and I don't know if either of you guys can relate, but the other day, so in my personal life, I use my husband's name and Hanitka is my maiden name. And so the other day, my four-year-old came up to me and he said, mama, why you always say Denise Danita? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, which first of all, like hearing your child say your name for the first time is like a yeah. wild experience. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be that surprising, but I was like, whoa. And then he, he legitimately wouldn't, he wouldn't know what a Denise Danitka is. Like he would have, like he <laughs> yeah. does not know How what that is. That? Yeah. Do your, so it was, do your kids watch you on TV ever? Yeah, my husband turns on um, usually the five and six, which we might need to stop that because the other day, um, Abram also asked me, like, why on the mommy show someone was shot? Oh, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the we might need to, like, show. change our viewing. Yeah, the mommy show. That's so <laughs> sweet. Which I'm not going to correct him on that at all. Obviously. <laughs> it's basically my show here. You're like, yes, it's all about it is. Yes. It is the mommy show. If you don't mind. Yes. Yes. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think all of us use our maiden names on television. Yeah. My son has not picked up on that yet. The other question I want to ask you guys um, is how do you handle kids and social media and your jobs? For me, I change my mind every single day yeah. on how I want to handle it and what, how open I want my kids to be to the world. What are your thoughts on it, Ingrid? 
I'm probably the one who's most guarded on social media with my children. Um, and I, it's not like I won't post pictures of them, like with the birth announcement and stuff. I'll, I, they yeah. were holding up like a sonogram or something like that. Um, or maybe like a holiday, I'll post something. But daily, it's usually just like a boring picture of my, myself, like sitting there doing the weather or something. Um, or I'll put like the backs of my children's heads or something like that. And a lot of that, honestly, is my husband really doesn't like the fact that our children don't have a voice in their presence on social media. And in many aspects, our social media accounts, I don't want to say are like monetized, but you know, it, it's, it's for a business, right? Like I am Ingrid Allstone, right. WLOS. And that's the station will share, share, share all these pictures if I post of my kids. And he doesn't really like that. He doesn't like strangers out there who may be very into Katie Killen and watch her every single morning also know exactly what her daughter looks like during right. every single milestone of her life or something like that. And I don't care as much. I mean, I walk around all around town with my children and people know that these are my children and I'm going places with them. I think it's just the creepers on the internet that a lot of people are scared of. And I totally get that. But some part of me thinks maybe we're thinking too much about this. And do people really care about what my children look like and what they're doing? Right. We're not doing anything that spectacular. We're potty training. Like, is that really that sexy? You know what I mean? So I don't know. We're kind of split on the decision in my house, I guess. I've talked about this on our, on Anchor Moms a couple of times. We get a ranking every week, uh, basically like who had the most interaction on Facebook and Instagram. And so there's a lot of pressure and not just at our station. I think if you're a broadcaster across the nation, it's a big deal that you have social media and that you get a lot of interactions. And the most, I was just talking about this with my co-anchor this morning. The most unfortunate part is, is we get much more interaction on personal pictures and photos than we do. If I post it, I could post that the world was ending. And then the next day I could post that river ate a cupcake and I will get by far much more interaction from the cupcake picture than I would in regards to the serious news story. So I feel like there's just really no, I haven't found a way to escape posting my child and my family on social media. So I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I try to do a mix of both my daughter and my family and some news stories. Um, But I don't know what the answer is. And I don't know how history will judge us 10, 20 years from now. I don't, do we know how this is going to impact our kids and like the state of our lives? No, because social media is kind of new, right? So I don't know if I have a great, a great answer for this. I don't know what the answer is. Other than I know as like a morning anchor, it's part of my job to be personable and put myself out there. And I don't know how to avoid then therefore putting my kid out there as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it's less about creepers seeing my kid's face because that doesn't bother me necessarily. But it's what you said, Ingrid, it's the voice, like giving them a voice about like that story that I shared, you know, Abram and his potty training, you know, like, I don't know. And yet it's relatable, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's hard too, because, you know, okay, then you should, you should only post favorable things about your kids. Well, then it looks like you're bragging about your kids. Like, oh, they made the A honor roll and look how perfect they are in their Easter outfit. It's like, okay, like, great. Snoozy. Yeah. You know, but also, you know, the reality is, do you know how hard it was for me to get that outfit on him? It took me like 30 minutes. 
he, I had to promise him 14 candy bars for him to get those shoes on, you know, like that's what really happens. So I don't know if you really think about it, you know, we, we are a little bit old enough where we didn't grow up with social media, right? Well, all these kids are going to grow up with social media and have their own accounts. They're probably not going to care at all about mom's old news, like, you know, the following of like, however right. few, few people are following me that there's like 12 likes on somebody's picture of him potty training. Is that really going to break his heart later? Probably not. You know, he's going to have like whatever the news TikTok is and who knows what they're going to be doing on social media in like 10 years. Oh, yeah. It was funny the other day, I think I had like an update on my phone or something happened, but it like I went to get on Instagram and it wouldn't let me. And it was like, you can't log in or something. You have to put in your password again. It wasn't working. Anyway, at first I had this like, oh no, you know, what am I going to do? And then I had this like, oh wait, if I never had to get on Instagram again, (laughs) that would be awesome. I could just say like, oops, sorry, I'm blocked out. Can't post. Like never do it again. Like what a relief. I see all these people posting, you know, it's Lent, it's Ash Wednesday, um, as we're recording this. And I see all these people posting like, I'm getting off social media for Lent, like, see you in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, Oh, I hate you. Like, that's not (laughs) even a possibility for us. But how nice would that be if it wasn't tied to your job? I don't Mm, know. Would you do Facebook and Instagram if it weren't part of your job? That's the question. No. No. No, well, I, I don't. So. I mean, because so, I have, like, I have personal accounts and I never use them. Yeah, right. Right. So right. last year I did give it up for Lent on my personal side on, okay. and I deleted all of it off my personal phone. I still have to do it for work, obviously. So it's all on my work phone. And I will tell you, it's amazing to have when my, I'm just on my personal phone, I can't check it. And I, yeah. I, I, I and, and it's so nice. I mean, sometimes I purposefully like put my work phone away that I can't check it because you have to have a phone. Let's be real. Like when you have kids and your husband's calling yada, 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 but it's so nice to have that separation. And I thought I would go back to my personal Instagram account. I haven't, it's been a year now because it was last Lent wow. and I have not posted in a year and I don't miss it at all. And I'm only posting to work stuff. So. Yeah. No, I fantasize about the day that I'd no longer have to be on social media. Yeah. I feel like it has offered me nothing <laughs> as a person. It's you know true. what I mean? It's nothing, nothing. It offers me nothing. Yeah. I mean, there are times where you do, I do think, you know, to be the devil's advocate, you find solace, you find, you know, other moms going through the same thing and you're like, okay, yeah, we're not alone. Um, or maybe for me, sometimes I find something that I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great idea of like some activity to do with my kids because it's day 175 of being stuck in my house in the cold weather and I have nothing for my kids to do. You find an activity or something. So I think there's a little bit of that. But I do agree for the most part, it feels like it's just a drain. Well, and also like especially for our careers, right, like we're television personalities, it feels like vain thing that's mm-hmm. forced. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not getting paid as a TikTok star because that's what we want to do. So it's kind of like, I guess I'll post another picture about my makeup or something. Oh, is this another <laughs> selfie about the suit that I wore this week? Well, crap, yeah. I don't have anything else. So here you go, world. And Sorry about the seventh selfie this month. You and know? it's so much harder in oh. pandemic because you're working from home. You can't, like, we used to at least be able to take pictures together of, like, I other know. people at work. Of, like, interesting things happening. Things. Now it's like, okay, it's me at the same desk at home doing the same thing I do every day. Like, I don't know. I know. I said angle this. of this. 
I said this to the girls the other day when we had our little Galentine's Day. I was like, there is no gossip out there that people are like craving like gossip or like stories about people like because there's nothing to talk about because everyone's like by themselves. So I told the girls like gossip about somebody else I knew that I'd heard like <laughs> it wasn't even about me, but I was like, listen to this gossip about somebody else. And they were like, oh, that's and great. P.S. And it was great. Time, like, it was great. As soon as I went inside, I was like, oh my gosh, Brian, that's my husband. Listen <laughs> to this gossip about someone he definitely doesn't know. He like, doesn't know him at all. No, <laughs> yeah. not at all. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yes. Well, yeah, let's think exactly. about what the conversation was before we got to the gossip. It was like minivans. Oh my gosh. And so lame, house you guys. projects. It was like, oh my gosh, like what's new? Nothing. Nothing. We have nothing going on. We, we talked about boring team. We talked about painting for probably like 30 minutes. Yeah, painting, like, like not painting, painting walls. pictures. Yeah, like painting not walls. creativity. <laughs> like, yeah. And like even when we got on the Skype call this morning, we picked up with our painting conversation. <laughs> Wait, how, did, how did the painting conversation go so with that? Did, what was the hiring? quote? Yeah. What was the quote? Let yeah. me hear it. Like, oh god, it's like we are mom. We are like moms to the like nth degree at this. Oh, point. and the minivan conversations we've had <laughs> over the years. I don't. I can't even get into it. Like, I mean, it's and caused like, it's caused almost to be... divorces. Like, I can't even tell you. <laughs> we used to be cool, right? Like, didn't we used to have fun stuff to talk about? And now it's like, well, I'm back I know, to I'm doubting it. I'm thinking maybe we never were cool at all. See, well, and I'm now feeling less guilty for getting so much joy and pleasure out of the Ilaria Baldwin story. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Katie and I, like, always talk about Ilaria. Where is she? What is she doing? What is she been like, doing for 30 oh days? My oh, my God. Like, the New York Post has, like, eight Ilaria stories. Like, trust me, <laughs> when Ingrid was in the building, I was like, girl. Oh, yeah. Just wait. It gets like it's better. It gets better. and like she's not even at all from Spain. I mean, not even a little bit. Like not, not even a little, <laughs> not even that's not even <laughs> like that's not even her name. A lot. Right. Her no. name is like Hillary name. or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> she grew up in Boston. Oh my gosh. No, I don't know why I loved that story so much. Probably because it was a harmless, like overall, no one was hurt in the making of the Hilaria Baldwin, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but it was just so fascinating to both be living this lie. I mean, like fascinating, but did Alec, the, my second question is, is like, did Alec realize just how far she had really gone down that path? I mean, I actually legitimately think that she was from Spain. I mean, I will quote (sighs) Hilaria. She said, the first thing I told Alec when I met him was that I was, I am from Boston. That's what she She did say that. She did. In that way. I told him I was from Boston. Yeah. Yeah. With her like (laughs) microbladed eyebrows. With her like perfect makeup. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you guys ever, do, do you like watch her Instagram stories? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like 30 of them a day. Oh my god! And she's like half naked in some of them. Yes, mm-hmm. she looks good, y'all. She looks. I mean, how many kids does she had? She looks. She has good. Like, like five, eighteen, five, I think now. Yeah. Right. Well, Four good or five. For yeah. She I mean, look, Denise she looks look really awesome, good. and she's not out there like yeah, you know, posting herself yoga in her naked. like bra all over the place. I mean, okay, so let me let me ask you guys this, okay? <laughs> my friend and I were having this conversation the other day. So my friend has a friend. <laughs> Yay, gossip. I my love friend it. has this a friend <laughs> who just had a baby and who's been very 
out there about her post-baby body. body. Like, one month, strong as a mother, six-pack abs are back. And so we had a debate, yeah, and we, and first of all, like, go you. But, like, we had a debate that was, like, are you posting that because you're proud of yourself? Or are you posting that because you know that's not what you should look like after a month? Like, I just, we had this whole debate over the, the, the contrast between being proud of yourself and also knowing that someone's going to see this and feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We had like, like, we had a rowdy conversation about it. Like everyone's okay with like a before and after, right? Like right. If you, you know, if you were a hundred pounds heavier and you worked really hard for six months and you lost a hundred pounds, like no one is going to feel bad about that, right? Everyone's going to feel good about it. But you're right. Like you're supposed to have a flap, like a flap after you give birth that you can like pick up and like drop back down. And you can't get rid of it for at least a year. Okay. No, right. That's not fair. That's, that's normal. So no, she's doing it in some ways because she's proud, I'm sure. And other ways she probably secretly knows is making like every woman in America jealous. I'm assuming. Absolutely. It's the same. I feel the same way about Alaria. Right. Like what, like what's the like impetus for that? There's right. gotta be a better way to be like, Hey, I'm like really fit, even though I gave birth a month ago and it shouldn't be like posing in lingerie on social media. Right. Right. I don't yeah, like I that agree. there's two camps. That there's the camp of the Alaria who's like, this is how I'm made and look at me right. bend. And then there's the <laughs> camp of, I have to post this picture of myself in my full postpartum glory in order for this to be normalized too. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like there's the pressure to post either one of those things, you know? Yeah. I'm also in no way am I going to be posting what I look like after a month because it's not going to be pretty. Like, I'm not one of those people who's like, this is like, this is my body. This is normal. Like, no, 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 no. I'm hiding that for a long time putting lots of tight things over me so no one can see it. And then when it's gone, then it's gone. <laughs> then, then it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Then it'll come back yeah. out. Yeah. Then I'll come yeah. back to society again. I'll be. And I think yeah. too, you have to kind of right when you post those things weigh the, okay, is this going to make a lot of people angry and feel bad about themselves versus like, what good is it doing? Right? right. Like who, I mean, maybe if it's like, yay, workout, you know, this is what works for me. And if you're struggling, here's some tips or something maybe, but I just feel like that risk reward, like, I don't want to post something that's going to make, I wouldn't want to post something. I don't look like that. So I don't have to worry about it, but um, I wouldn't want to post something that's going to make other moms at that stage feel bad about themselves when you're already in such an emotional, vulnerable, like state, you don't want to do anything that's going to make people see that and be like, Oh, darn, like another reason to be upset, you know? Well, right. I mean, I guess to play devil's advocate too, again, it's like, a lot of people that is kind of their job, right? Like they are social media influencers. So their job is to get as many likes as possible. And they know that a picture of themselves, like without a shirt is going to do far better than wearing the sweatshirt that you had on two seconds ago before you took it off. So it's like, that's kind of what they have to do when we were just saying like, well, we kind of have to post pictures for our business. Maybe they would be ones to say, well, I am my own business. So this is what I have. This is my commodity. Right. 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 That makes sense. But I think the most normal public people, people, normal people, maybe should just think about that though and realize like, look, this is an influencer who probably has, uh, you know, 
I don't know. It's just living a different life. And so I don't need to put my, keep myself to that same standard. Right. Don't compare myself to this girl. yeah. Yeah. One of the most controversial Facebook posts um, that I posted recently was asking people what the best part of the Super Bowl was. And it devolved into this horrific negative conversation about how the Super Bowl is stupid and why does anyone watch it anyway? And it ended up having some like 3,000 comments all about like how dumb (laughs) the Super Bowl is. And And then I saw one comment that said like, this is what you news people do. You just want to stir people up. And I'm like, yeah. holy Moses, the original post was, what did you what, like yeah. about the Super Bowl? <laughs> You're like, had I known it was going to be this popular, I mean, I still would have posted it. But. Right. I mean, it was like a Monday morning and I'm like, gah, like I'm going to get my engagement numbers and they're going to be low. You better post something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you news people just trying to stir things up again. <laughs> Isn't it so funny, funny too which when you ones go viral? Yeah, and you post something, and then like it goes on a totally different. It's like on the COVID vaccine, and then it gets to like political, like presidential stuff. You're like, how did anyone even go from here to here? Like, what? What? It's just oh yeah, so bizarre. The, the mask, like whether you're posting a picture with a mask or not, like mm-hmm. will divide the world on a yes. social media post. Either way, like if you have one or don't have one, it doesn't matter. You're going to lose. You're going to lose whatever fight you're like not trying to have. You're already losing. (laughs) Always. Yeah, I posted something um, on Facebook. It was I was like it was earlier in the pandemic. And I was like, am I supposed to pump gas with a mask on? Like, I'm not sure. Like, you know, it's outside. Like, are there people nearby? And that was like one of those posts that like just blew up and I had no idea that it was going to turn that way. But again, no kidding. Like, people just like hating on each other. Like why, like, like you're stupid. Why would you even wear a mask? This is the problem that other people saying like, yeah. And I wear plastic gloves as well as I pump my gas. It's just everything. It's like everything you post these days turns political too. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's, it's like so draining on my life for sure. Ladies, thank you so much for your time this morning. Tell people where they can find your podcast. Okay, so we have a Facebook page, a Facebook group that you can join and just search Anchor Moms. We also have an Instagram handle at Anchor Moms. And then all three of us have our own uh, professional pages in which you can find uh, links on the Anchor Moms page. But we would love for you to follow us. My thanks to Ingrid, Katie, and Karen for their time, and I hope you will check out their podcast. Once again, it's called Anchor Moms, and it's fantastic. You can find it basically on the same app you're listening to this podcast on. Search for Anchor Moms and subscribe and give them a follow, and follow them on social media as well. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of On a Mother Level. When it comes to parenthood, we can relate. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.